alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 24th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, Cody. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Actually, nothing too exciting. I guess we can do a follow-up that I actually did go ahead and finally get a new car. Uh, that was fun. The... <laughs> Was it a Kia Sentra? It was Kia Rondo, or no. Is that the van one? I think it is. The, like, ugliest fucking car I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I got the Audi that I, that I wanted, and uh, yeah, I was, I was very happy to quit dealing with the car salesman. I didn't realize, like, okay, the salesman is, like, the first-tier boss, and then the finance guy is, like, the higher-level boss, so he... He makes it even more awkward than the car salesman does, so that was great. But <laughs> yeah, he's the uh, he's the closure. So he's basically like just as slimy as the used car salesman, but he's also kind of like a lawyer, so it hits you from both fronts. <laughs> well, really. well, it was like so they told me I was gonna get this whatever percentage APR, right? So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do that. And then, of course, once we get to the final boss, the finance guy, then he's like, well, I can't do that. He's like, who told you that? Blah, 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 blah. And it was like double of what I was quoted. So I was like, well, blah, blah, I'll go to my bank and I'll try to get a different rate. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to pay for the whole thing and not worry about any of it. Right. And (laughs) he didn't I don't think he liked that. I don't I think because then I heard later that they get commission based off what percentage rate that they finance people or whatever. So I don't think he was very happy that I didn't finance through him. Yeah, so basically you threw him a check and cut his bitch ass out of the deal. Yeah, basically. That's nice. Basically. <laughs> well, like I had to mail it, right? And I emailed him today. I was like, Hey, I overnighted it. Did you get it? And he sends me one email back that says uh, all is good question mark. Then he sent me another email right after that said, all good, no worries. Or, or no, he said, all good, no need. I was like, what, what does this, any of this mean at all? So I'm just assuming that they got the money and <laughs> that'll be that. I, I don't know yeah. what the hell is going on. I don't, I'm glad I, I don't want to deal with them people anymore. You know, the, the best part about shaking their hand and grabbing the keys afterwards is not having to deal with those fuckers. So, yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's we, when's the last time you bought a car? Are you still driving your Pontiac? Yeah, I bought the Pontiac. Uh, I paid. I've never actually had to take out a loan for a car. Um, the ones that I buy, I just you pay cash. So um, one time I ha- was buying a Dodge Caliber. One of my buddies uh, who I was roommating with uh, on base my dorm roommate mm-hmm. he came with me and he's like yeah so we're gonna like tear him take him down because his dad was in finance mm. so like we took him down we took him down and then like we just about got to the, like the the last rate the last price everything and then i was like oh wait um if i'm just gonna pay for cash is that gonna bring it down any and then a whole new conversation of the price coming down happened so i was really? pretty glad i did that okay but, yeah all right so that yeah, when, once you tell them you have cash, the fucking bottom falls out of that fucking price again. So, <laughs> man, you got rid of that. Did you have that car before you went to England? Right? Yeah, I, that Dodge Caliber I had in England. I sold that thing to a guy I worked with for like three grand, mm. and I just walked away from it. Mm. I, I paid maybe seven, so okay. I got I got two years out of it. Yeah, but it's pretty good. It's not a bad deal. Um, yeah. Anything else exciting going on with you, Phil? Not really. Um, report on the wizard, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, this is what week 24 we're on. (laughs) So 
I've seen him for that many weeks and I've never seen him eat with anyone else. So I'm starting to wonder if only I can see him. So tomorrow I'm thinking about having one of the guys I work with come with me to the cafeteria and then I'm going to point him out and I'm going to say, do you see a person wearing a wizard hat? Just to make sure (laughs) I'm not actually the crazy one. You know, it's funny. This entire time you were telling the wizard story, for some reason I kept envisioning that you were smoking outside and he was smoking outside. I didn't even think about if you, you were both in the cafeteria at the same time. No, no, he hangs out just outside the cafeteria. Okay. So where I work at, it's a huge compound. So you have to walk like way outside just to go smoke. So ah. I've never seen him out smoking. I've only seen him right there, which makes me think that possibly I'm a little bit more insane than I thought I was. <laughs> and I, maybe I'm just seeing what, No what, one else notices a weird dude wearing a wizard hat. What, so. do you, what are you going to do if you find out that he's just a figment of your mal- imagination? I suppose just as much anything else just keep going on with my life you know i mean you always find out you're a little bit more and more crazy the older you get right that's a good point now that i think about if he what if he had he's in his wizard garb what if he had like the big pipe like gandalf did in lord of the rings dude that'd be baller but he'd get in trouble for smoking on the (laughs) corporation grounds not if he's invisible to everybody but you that is true I would have to borrow his cloak so I could not have to walk all that way. <laughs> That'd to be amazing if people kept walking by him and they're like, God, why does it smell like fucking tobacco smoke around here? And they can't see him anywhere because he has like a cloak on like Harry <laughs> Potter had. What was that cloak called? Oh, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it's just his invisibility cloak. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, why don't we why don't we get started with the episode here, Phil? So um, well, what do we got on the docket this week? Well, I want to know if you've ever heard of a small city um, named Roswell. It's in New Mexico. Have you ever have you ever heard of Roswell? It's ringing some bells. I feel like I've heard it once or twice before. Yeah. So Roswell, New Mexico is located in the southeastern part of the state and is the county seat of Chavez County. Now, there's a population of nearly 50,000 people taken at the last uh, 2010 census. Uh, which makes Roswell the fifth largest city in New Mexico. And the city was founded in 1871 by Van C. Smith and named after his uh, father's first name. Fit, wait, did you say 50,000? Yeah, there's about almost 50,000 people. I think it's like 48 and change, about 50,000. What did I think Roswell was like uh, kind of a small town, like a dinky town? That's, a, that's like I, pretty big, pretty good size. Everyone thinks that Roswell is a small town because it's portrayed as a small town. Mm. Um, that's because in the story, it happens outside. What I'm about to talk about, obviously, is it happens like outside of a different small town named uh, Cordana. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. No, Corona. Um, Corona. Cor- Corona. Sorry. I put a D there. Corona. <laughs> and um, so Corona is actually like many miles like away from Roswell but since it's everything out there is expanded so far like Roswell gets called for everything so mm. that's why it's the Roswell incident right um so how how close were you to Roswell or Corona when you lived in New Mexico um uh we were about I lived in Clovis New Mexico at the time <laughs> um I believe it's like a probably about 45 to an hour minute drive mm. away from Roswell um so basically, Roswell, um, the road that you have to take to go to Arizona, Roswell's where the turn is at. So you basically drive straight for an hour, turn at Roswell, and then drive straight for about nine and a half more hours. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. And you've been to Roswell before, correct? Yeah, just uh, drove through it a few times, and I stopped at the alien, the UFO McDonald's to eat, but that's about <laughs> it. What'd you order from there? Fucking, I don't know. It had bacon on it, probably, (laughs) knowing me. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. So uh, basically just going to jump right into the story. So accounts on the exact dates are varied, but generally speaking, in either late June or early July of 1947, ranch foreman William Mack Brazel of the Foster Homestead found large areas of debris made in what looked like, as he later told the Roswell Daily Record, a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tin foil, and a rather large tough paper and sticks. Okay, so this uh, 
this probably isn't just like some kid's art project or something. No, it's definitely not some crazy art teacher's <laughs> fucking digging through the trash and coming up with shit. Well, there there these, are there are, are large areas. These are okay. So, well, we have to factor in this. This is the materials you might find in like a meth lab. That's true, but I don't think they had meth labs back then. Not even in New Mexico, <laughs> which is known for its meth. Well, actually, I think that's because meth was still legal back in this time. Mm. Well, they didn't call could've, it. Could have been. They didn't call it methamphetamine, but it was like you could buy over the counter speed, dude. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Well, nowadays you can get it prescribed to you. So true. Mm. True that. Yeah. So Brazel claims that on July 4th, he returned with members of his family to pick up the debris, though some reports claim that he had picked up some of the debris during the initial discovery. Uh, there's a lot of different, I should say, like there's quite a few different like reports of this. So like different days, different like times when people actually came out to it. He claims to have heard reports of flying saucers in the region later on and wondered what kind of craft could have made the debris fields in the area that he had found them. So Brazel either took the items to the Roswell sheriffs or met the sheriff, uh, who was Sheriff Wilcox, and, quote, whispered kind of confidential-like that so, he may have found a flying saucer on July 7th. So, and some accounts claim that he had contacted the sheriff on July 6th. So kind of so, confidential-like. So I'm guessing he whispered in his ear or something. <laughs> What if he just whispered in his ear like, man, you got a nice ass, buddy. Um, (laughs) No, so you're saying he found the debris, didn't do anything initially, then heard reports of UFOs, then went to the sheriff, possibly. Yeah, so supposedly he found all this debris and maybe picked some of it up, maybe left it there for later. And then when he heard reports of flying saucers in the area... That's when he finally decided to go grab the sheriff from Roswell. So, and remember, um, Roswell was pretty far away, like I think 60 or 70 miles away from the area. From so Corona. he had to drive quite a bit. From Corona, 60 or 70 miles? Well, from the ranch. Oh, right, right. Gotcha. How I far mean, is Corona from the from Roswell? I don't know. I thought it was pretty close, but it could be could be a distance, but then again, Maybe his ranch is even further outside of Corona. I don't know. Yeah, all the distances I have written down are over 50 miles, so. Okay. You're probably right, because if Roswell's the closest quote-unquote big city or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as big as it is now, like at the time. But it would have been, like, the biggest definitely back in the 40s. So, okay, like, everything went through there. Right. No, Phil, um, do you have any information about the alleged reports that the rancher was hearing about UFOs? Yeah, so um, the Roswell incident came during a time that was known as the flying saucer craze, in which uh, citizens in the United States and many other countries were claiming that they were seeing spacecraft piloted by extraterrestrials or humans, possibly, uh, in the skies. Okay. You know what's funny? Remember... I think it was on the death of the USO UFO investigators episode when we were talking about the one guy who first discovered UFOs that was before mm-hmm. Roswell happened. I, now I'm thinking, like, do you think because he discovered that, then it kind of set off a craze of everybody seeing them now? Yeah. So um, a little bit about the craze uh, that you were just talking about, actually, on July, on June 24th, 1947, Kenneth Arnold was flying his small plane across Washington State near Mount Rainier uh, on a very clear day. And he saw what he claims was a DC-4 about 15 miles away. And just after he saw the airplane, he then saw a bright flash and noticed nine objects flying in a tight formation in what he described like a flock of geese. Hmm. Yeah, so I think that's what you were just talking about. Right, yep, Um, that's definitely him. Which started the craze. Uh, He claims that the objects were flying at about 1,700 miles per hour, large with no tail, and were rounded in shape, and were unlike any aircraft that he had ever seen, thinking that they must have been some sort of uh, advanced military aircraft. And this sighting coined the term flying saucers and started the flying saucer craze. Mm, Okay. 
I guess that makes sense. I think you kind of mentioned that from memory um, back on that episode. So, yeah, that's it's cool you confirmed it there. And he definitely was in a plane then. I remember we weren't sure about that. Yeah, we weren't sure if he was on the ground or in a plane. The problem is, like, the first one's obviously super famous. But this started off, like, just a rash of people seeing flying saucers when they read about this, um, when this all hit the newspapers and, like, those little... Um, like reports on the radio and everyone started seeing flying saucers. Hmm. It makes you wonder if either people are getting caught up in the hysteria or if people actually were seeing something and then they just didn't know how to describe them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll kind of get a little bit into that later on what it could possibly be. Okay. Um, but people were definitely seeing a lot of weird stuff in the sky, supposedly, during that time. Right. Uh, so... So I'll jump back into uh, the Roswell incident. Uh, Sheriff Wilcox then contacted the Roswell Army Airfield, the RAAF, uh, Major 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 Jesse Marcel, and a man in plain clothes went back to the ranch with Brazel and collected more of the b- debris on July 7th. So the RAAF released a statement stating that they had received recovered a flying disc. Uh, later, the statement was walked back and the military claimed that they had recovered a weather balloon instead. The balloon was carrying a device made of foil and uh, a balsa wood frame, which had a large radar reflector dish on it. Mm, yeah, everybody, everybody's heard of this, this uh, story from the military. It's the old weather yep. balloon. Everything's a yeah, goddamn so- weather balloon to them. Yeah, weather balloon or swamp gas or it's Venus <laughs> that happens to be flying super close to the Earth, like inside the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, this, so, ju- this just came from a Pittsburgh birthday party. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So this famous walk back is really what's given a lot of fire to UFO uh, like Roswell conspiracy theorists. Right. Um, after the flying disc press release. The Roswell Daily Record immediately picked up the story, and on July 8th, the headline read, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. Mm, you can't, yeah, the, the, as we know, the press goes a little wild with every single little word you tell them, so, um, but again, why would he say that in the first place? Yeah, they made, I mean, you gotta think, Someone at the base probably just offhand, like, I imagine they didn't, like, make it a huge press release like they thought it was going to be. They didn't think it would be, like, one of the biggest headlines of the century. Right. You know, or turn into it uh, later on. I mean, how but, how were they, really, how are you ever supposed to predict that that was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, who would have even thought that, like... If it wasn't for this flying saucer craze, this probably wouldn't have even gotten picked up that much. You know, mm, probably, it just happened to be money at the time. Probably would have just assumed he's a crazy guy or something. Yeah. Or, you know, would have assumed that the, um, well, the flying disc was something else. Like they wouldn't even think flying saucer at the time. Right. Right. But yeah, after the military made the retraction, the Roswell Morning Dispatch, which is, I assume, a different uh, newspaper at the time, <laughs> put out the headline, Army debunks Roswell flying disc as world simmers with excitement. Oh, I bet that was a, uh, if you're getting all excited, they actually found a UFO and then you read that, I bet that was a real boner killer. Oh, yeah. I uh, Well, I assume that the um, RAAF, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch probably went a lot farther than the retraction. The retraction Mm. never follows, like, never travels quite as far. Right. You know what it kind of reminds me of when, uh, say, you're younger, when I was younger and you'd see the National Enquirer in a store with all these cool stories on the cover, and then you realize that it's all made up. Yeah, I was a little disappointed when I found out that shit was made up, but... (laughs) That bad boy wasn't real. (laughs) Happened right around the time I found out religion was made up, too, so... I love Bat Boy. We should do an episode on Bat Boy. We need to find him. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) So the Roswell Morning Dispatch, with the paper I just mentioned that uh, carried the retraction, Mm. it also carried an interview from Brazel, who did not think that the craft was a weather balloon. 
Okay. So, okay. So now the rancher's fully on board that this is a UFO. Well, the rancher doesn't uh, quite know what it is, but he does not believe it's a weather balloon. Okay. Uh, just because of some of the things that he's seen. And I'm, I'll jump into that a little bit later on. Okay. Um, here are some of the, oh, I was going to say, here's some of the conspiracies that I'm going to jump into. Okay. Um, so have you ever heard of Project Mogul? Mm, no, but it sounds like a piece on a Monopoly board. Yeah, so it's a it's actually kind of a cool name for how kind of lame the project actually is. So as I just as I just said, Brazel didn't think that the craft was a weather balloon. This was because some of the material that he had himself recovered and had helped the major recover didn't look like anything that he had ever seen before. These materials were advanced, and it's thought that such materials wouldn't be used on a weather balloon. Uh, with a balsa wood frame covered by just foil. Right. You'd think if that was up in the sky for that long of a period of time, granted it's New Mexico, but wouldn't the wood start rotting eventually? Well, yeah. I mean, it's covered up by foil, so I'm guessing it had some protection from the moisture, but who knows how long these things actually were going up in the air for. Um, I'm going to mention it a little bit later on, but they were meant to be put up into the upper atmosphere for quite a bit of time. But mm. I don't know about rotting, um, mm. being well, up there long enough to rot. The only time I've ever heard of balsa wood is like in a hipster's apartment. So I, I'm not really sure if it doesn't rot as fast or what. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we used to make those little cars that you would put the CO2 canister on back. I think those were ah. balsa wood. Oh, God, what did they call those? They had a name for it. Was it a soapbox derby? No. No, you rode in those. Ah, oh, I remember those uh, things. That was actually kind yeah, of th fun. Those were pretty sweet, yeah. So, in fact, according to the releases from the government decades after the crash, the weather balloon story was actually a cover-up, but not of an extraterrestrial craft, but of a highly advanced spy balloon used in what's known as Project Mogul which was a program to use high-altitude balloons fitted with microphones and radio transmitters to detect and transmit seismic waves from the Soviet nuclear weapons tests. Mm. So Project Mobile was a confidential program that was a part of an NYU study uh, that was not secret. So it was half confidential, half un like not top secret. Kind of. So that so that balloon would have had to win over Russian airspace then, right? No. So I'm going to get into it a tiny bit um, right now. So Project Mogul <laughs> was started in 1947 and went on until 1949. It was eventually replaced by a network of seismic detectors and sampling of uh, fallout uh, riddled air. Mm. Uh, this was this was cheaper and much more successful. So the thing that um, these balloons did was they would go up into high altitude. Now, it's kind of uh, the science behind this is a little bit weird. Basically, during World War II, they were trying to find um, German submarines underwater. And they found this band of perfectly dense water that the sound waves couldn't travel up or down. So they had to travel side to side. So these laterally moving um, sound waves travel for thousands of miles, which meant that if you had microphone detectors in specific areas, you might be able to see these, um, basically, the sound waves coming off of the sub. Uh, they also tried to use it for detecting lost airmen out at sea. Um, but they figured out during the Soviet nuclear test that they could actually do the same thing just up in the higher atmosphere, that there is this band of perfectly dense air up in the air that you could see seismic activity from a nuclear um, explosion. Oh, and okay. if you had a bunch of these balloons up in the air, you could triangulate the nuclear explosion from where it actually came from. Gotcha. Okay. That, okay. That makes sense then. Okay. So these um, weather balloons, they, they didn't need, or not weather balloons, they're spy balloons, actually. So these spy balloons didn't need to be over Russian soil um, or anywhere near the Russian nuclear test to be able to detect them because the sound waves in this perfect band traveled so far. Gotcha. Okay, okay, that all makes sense then. When you were first saying spy balloons, for some reason I kept, in I was like, do they have video cameras in 1947 
And then I kept envisioning just a balloon with like a giant RCA cam camcorder tied to it, <laughs> <laughs> just flying over Russian airspace. A giant guy with like a boom and a boom microphone yeah. and a fucking camera, like just <laughs> they taking pictures of fucking Soviet Union. Yeah, they just put all these a camera crew in a fucking hot air balloon and send them over Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, these early balloons that I was just talking about, the ones that would have flown over New Mexico in these early tests. Um, they were kind of poorly made. They would leak helium. They were not suited for like really long flights like they wanted and were later replaced by larger and better designed balloons um, with better design crafts underneath mm. them. So, okay. All right. Makes sense. So, so what do you, what's the probability that this crash could have been one of those balloons? I mean, I, I was going to go into it later, but it's pretty high. Okay. Like, <laughs> okay. So I'm saying uh, I'm saying you're giving right now. Obviously, you're going to have more, but the weather balloon versus the spy balloon. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that it's a spy balloon. Mm -hmm. uh, you're saying what's the probability of it being a spy balloon instead of a weather balloon? Right. Ninety nine percent. Yeah. Like it's if it if it was a balloon, it's a spy balloon. Definitely. OK. OK. They All wouldn't right. they wouldn't have such like such advanced technology on a cheap weather balloon okay so. see i so had the I, oh what's up i had never heard of the spy balloon thing before so um as somebody's heard roswell stuff a lot you know um i've never heard of the spy balloon before so that's really intriguing actually yeah it makes a lot more sense than them just saying oh yeah it was just a fucking weather balloon because that sounds mm. like bullshit like right. right away you hear it and it sounds bullshit right uh so the famous photo taken in 1947, um, the one where it's Major, uh, the Major that I was speaking about before, uh, Major Jesse Marcel, he's holding up the tin foil and holding up like the pieces of balsa wood and everything. Mm -hmm. And it said that this is obvious. Uh, the balloon and pieces of the reflector dish um, can be seen in this famous photo. So mm -hmm. they're saying if you knew what these spy balloons looked like, you would say, yeah, that's that. Okay. I suppose technically in 1947, the general public would not really understand that these things ex existed yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. They wouldn't also probably think like that a, that the military was even doing this stuff, like using, putting microphones onto spot onto balloons. Like you would need those things obviously flying over Russia, wouldn't you? Like yeah. that's what they might think. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their technology was advancing faster than people were really aware of. Yep. Right. Okay. So in that famous photo, uh, as I just mentioned, Major Jesse Marcel um, can be seen holding up that foil. But according to Major Marcel's grandson, Jesse Marcel III, this was all a part of an elaborate cover-up that Major Marcel was forced to take part in. And that his grand and his grandfather was ordered to hold up the false materials for this photo. Mm, I think I've actually heard that before. I feel like I've actually yeah, heard so, that. Yeah, so what's that? I feel like I've actually heard that that before about um it was basically a cover up within a cover up kind of thing. Yeah, so he kind of I watched this um on a few different videos. They actually have in one of them an interview with Jesse Marcel the third. He says that if you look at his grandfather, you can see that he's kind of looking off camera, almost like he's taking orders from someone. So, mm. uh, which if you look at the photos, he is, he, he never looks at the camera once. I'm going to have to relook at those. Um, would it be amazing if they took that photo, photoshopped it and then put it on every box of like Reynolds wrap? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that's just their, that's like their new brawn man or whatever. That's like their slogan is just this guy holding off a giant piece of aluminum foil for Reynolds wrap. That'd be fucking space. amazing. Look at this space age technology we got. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Jesse Marcel's bar barbecuing a whole, a whole ostrich <laughs> with his aluminum foil. What can you do? <laughs> Army Air Force approved. <laughs> so according to Jesse Marcel III, his grandfather would tell his family stories around the dinner table about that fateful day. 
He claims that his grandfather told them that he had collected some of the strange material and taken the material home to his family because he believed that the discovery of this crash site material was monumental and he had wanted his family to be a part of it. Now, have you ever heard about that? Yeah, yeah we, this is what the part that always made me laugh because from a few times I've heard it is like he collects it, he comes home, it's like super late at night. And he just wakes his kids up to play with, like, this random material that he has no idea what it is. Yeah, and he thinks it might be a spacecraft. He probably has no idea what radiation is at the time, though. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) His whole family just got lymphoma all all at once by playing with this shit, probably. Oh, little Jesse Marcel's the second just lost a foot. I wonder what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Jesse's growing a tumor out of his neck. Ain't that cute? (laughs) It couldn't be the strange shit we stashed under the fucking basement floor. <laughs> so Baby Jesse's grill, uh, glowing yellow. Look at him. <laughs> How come every time he gets close to the dog, the dog's hair starts to singe off? <laughs> so Major uh, Jesse Marcel's grandson claims that the Major took pieces of the crashed UFO into his home, laid it out onto the kitchen floor, and examined some of the foil-like material that he had recovered from the crash site. According to the family story, the foil-like material was a strong, lightweight metal that would come back into its flattened state after you had crumpled it up. Um, I haven't. I was looking for the story about this. It was also said to be heat-resistant, but mm. I couldn't find it. Um, it was said to, if you um, took fire to it, it was said to like dissipate heat, but I wasn't actually able to find that. Um, I just wanted to mention it. You know what's funny, actually? If we're going to put ourselves in the shoes that this was actually like a UFO crash, and then technically their ships would need that for traveling that fast back into the atmosphere if they were to catch fire, right? Yeah, you would. I mean, if... Because the bottom of the uh, like Challenger, the bottom of all of those, um, the reusable, um, like the Enterprise, I can't remember, the shuttles. The shuttles mm. had that heat-resistant uh, material on the bottom, uh, which is co- what caused the Challenger to go down. So yeah, you would need material that dissipated heat. Well, technically, that's a check mark for aluminum foil, Phil. Yeah, it's another sweet use for aluminum foil. It's not just for grilling anymore. That's why you can smoke crack and meth out of them, because they won't just burn every time you're torching your crack or meth rock. (laughs) That's true. No wonder wonder it caught on in fucking New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) What What if this is like... Uh, every meth head or crackhead in uh, in the world is looking for that special metal from New Mexico that <laughs> never will burn and it'll last forever. <laughs> the ultimate crack pipe from a UFO crash spaceship it dissipates heat perfectly into your meth as you're right. trying to smoke it. You won't. You won't. You'll get like a cold hit of meth every time you smoke it from that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jesse Marcel the third claims that the material in the photo was foil from a weather balloon, but it was not the material from the actual crash site. Um, the P claims that it must have been switched um, all as part of the cover-up. Mm, well, yeah, they could have definitely did that easily. Yeah. Yep. Um, the old switcheroo, um, yeah. take out the real shit, put in some fucking wood and some tin foil, send the real crap up to the to big air force. Cause I can, so only, there are, I can, what's o- that? I was going to say, I can only imagine once Jesse Marcel was informed that he told his superiors and then they could have gotten out there before he went out there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I assume if if that first press release was real, mm-hmm. I imagine somebody on base probably just thought that they were doing their job, didn't realize because nowadays we know something like that can't be leaked. But back then, who fucking who would uh, like know? Who would know not to leak that shit? Like, especially not some peon, like, journalist guy working for the Army Air Force, you know? Right, right. It's a good point. So, yeah. I can imagine it went up the levels, and then, like, they all came back down on top of all these people, unsuspecting. But So there are many claims of a cover-up when it comes to the Roswell incident, uh, including witnesses taking a vow forced silence. Mm. Uh, This is taken both on the part of civilians and military personnel involved. But one of the biggest theories about the cover-up 
is a group known as Majestic 12. Now, you've heard of Majestic 12 before. I, I certainly have. Uh, I'm sure we'll end up covering them at one point. Um, are you doing a little refresher on what they are? Just a tiny refresher. So Majestic 12 is an alleged group of a mix of government, military, and science personnel that were tasked with keeping the flying saucers that Americans were seeing uh, off the front pages of the newspapers. And they were also tasked with making plans on where to take crashed spacecrafts. And also, uh, if they find them, they're pilots, alive or dead. Okay. All right. I feel like there's one member of this who is actually pretty famous in the UFO community, but I don't remember what his name is. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, it, what, I don't think it was Alan J. Hynek, but it was, I don't know. We'll, we'll learn about it when we cover it one day. Yeah, I um I have all of the 12 um people on a web page, but uh we won't get into that now. It's just just know about Majestic 12. Hmm. Um so the original documents that uncover Majestic uh their membership roles and what directions were given after a down spacecraft recovered was found out actually to be fraudulent by the FBI. Uh so as were other documents that have been discovered uh which were said to prove the existence of Majestic 12. But, I mean, of course they were, you know. Okay. Like, so you're saying the FBI is even telling everybody that Majestic 12 doesn't even exist. Yeah. So once um, once these membership roles came out and all of their uh, instructional material came out, uh, the FBI came back and looked at all of it and they claimed that they were fraudulent. Well, they... All of the papers. <laughs> they work for the government. Of course they would. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's what you would expect to happen. It's not like the FBI is going to come back and be like, yep, it's legit. You know? <laughs> Especially with uh, Hoover running it at this time, right? I'm pretty sure it was. Well, no. So when the FBI actually took a look at these documents, it was after, like way after. It was like in the 80s. So oh. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Like late 70s, early 80s. So gotcha. Hoover was already long dead. Probably buried in a dress, just like the way he lives. So. <laughs> Allegedly, of course. Are you saying he's a uh, he's as uh, a crossdresser? Well, haven't you heard the stories about him? Uh, there was a movie about him. I thought right. uh, I thought crossdresser was one of the things he did. Not that there's anything wrong with uh, alternate lifestyles, but it'd be amazing if Herbert <laughs> is Edgar Hoover, right? J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar. not Herbert Hoover. <laughs> That's president. <laughs> but it, That's pre-depression president. <laughs> but if Hoover was buried in a dress, like he has the most serious face. Like he's always serious. And then he's just like in a full dress when he's being buried. That'd be that'd be absolutely beautiful. That would be great. I imagine like that show keeping up um, appearances, that old <laughs> British show. He's yeah. dressed in one of those dresses, like the old like – Upper class lady dresses. <laughs> I could. I envision him with like a giant necklace of like white pearls, <laughs> like fucking <laughs> Betty Flintstone ass. <laughs> oh, what a fucking asshole! So, <laughs> so since the Roswell incident uh, has picked up a lot more coverage in the last few decades, many allegations that not only uh, was there a crash vehicle outside the city of Roswell, but also recovered alien bodies taken to the airfield and examined after retrieval and later on taken with the crash debris to Wright Patterson. Okay. Yeah. We know we're at Wright Patterson. That's where everybody needs to be storming. Yeah. That's uh that's where if they have anything, that's probably, but I wouldn't suggest storming any, any air base at all. <laughs> They've got guns and stuff. Uh, <laughs> by the early 1990s, UFO researchers interviewed several hundred people who had or claimed to have had a connection with the events at Roswell in 1947. Okay. And from this, uh, there were a lot of different claims that came out of these interviews about the crash, debris, and, of course, alien bodies recovered from the crash. Hell yeah, my favorite. Now, I'm going to ask you quick, I don't know if you go into it, but from what I remember, at, at Wright-Patterson, they did another switcheroo on Marcella, right? Or whatever his last name is. Jesse Marcel? Yeah. Um, I don't think they actually, I don't think he actually went to Wright-Patterson. This all took place at Roswell um, Army Air Force Base. Okay. Army Air Base. I remember there's a story 
where he he's taking the material to somebody. Okay, he's taking the material in a box to somebody. Like they interrogate him or asking him questions, and then while he's being interrogated, they give him a completely different box filled with stuff, stuff in it or whatever. I think I actually heard about this. Yes. You're talking about when they did the switcheroo. Yeah. Because uh, he thought he was going to take a picture with the real shit, and then they swapped the boxes. Okay, yeah. Yes, maybe, yes. I've. It was the boxes, but he didn't know, or, or he claims he didn't, like he didn't know they were switching the materials initially. And then when he looked in the box, he's like, what the hell? This isn't even any of the shit that I brought in here. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard stories about that account, but I really didn't find that um, in what I was looking at um, while researching this. But I have heard, um, I don't know if that's just speculation or a story that someone tells. Right. So well, I kind of just went on like what I found, like what the papers had. Yeah. So. I mean, you kind of led to the same thing that he could have allegedly been holding up this shit for in pictures to make it seem like hey this is just a weather balloon it's nothing else so it's and if you do if if you do look at those pictures he does kind of have a what the fuck look on his face Mm. like like that's what i read on his face so are you sure take a look for yourself but (laughs) are you sure he couldn't have been watching like a diamondbacks game or something and they were losing really bad he's distracted like come on guys god damn it It's an old Pittsburgh Steelers game and he sees pictures <laughs> of the crowd. He's just like, oh, my God. No, he's seeing that they draft. <laughs> Who are these animals? <laughs> <laughs> he sees that they just drafted Terry Bradshaw and he's really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> so skeptics claim that the problem with the hundreds of accounts taken from all of those witnesses is that many of them never actually claimed to see any firsthand evidence of the Roswell crash or of the alien bodies. And they're just kind of rehashing secondhand accounts of what they had heard uh, from stories of people around town. So it's just like a big game of telephone, more or less, that's going on, spreading the news of the crash and whatnot. Yeah, it was imagine if um, there was something that happened and only a couple people saw it. But by the end of the day, in a small town, everyone claims to have had some kind of uh, like action like in the incident. Yeah. Even though maybe only a couple of people saw it. Like a car crash. Well, Imagine if or a or a tornado. Imagine everyone saw the tornado. Well, even though only a few people saw it. Since you and I grew up in a small town, we know exactly how all of this works. Oh yeah, especially after church on Sunday. Yep. That shit gets or makes its way around. <laughs> so in 1995, a video of an alleged alien autopsy actually came to light by a man named Ray Santilli, who was a London-based video entrepreneur. So this showed what was reported to be one of the Roswell aliens being dissected after being recovered from the ranch and transported off-site by the military. Now, I'm assuming... Have you ever... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, have you ever seen this famous footage, the supposed Roswell alien autopsy? I believe so. Is it like a really shitty, like, black and white movie, and then the alien has, like, this really, like, shocked look on his face, kind of? Yes, I believe. <laughs> That's the one that, if if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you've probably seen this video. I, I'm, so, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm the, pretty sure. the one you're thinking of. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure I've seen this before. Good video. So, it, it looks like a video that was supposed to look like an old 1940s black and white, um, like, hand camera movie but it looks like it was actually filmed in the 1990s they you know looks like they just use a sh- like a camera and put it on black and white mode that's mm. always what i kind of thought it looked like uh, right. um so this footage was later later proven to be false shockingly but <laughs> santilli would claim that the video was actually a recreation and that the genuine footage had been lost. But the release video did use some of the original frames from that alien autopsy footage. Mm, how convenient. <laughs> yeah, super convenient as always. And, uh, you know, it's never like a charlatan to change their story, you know, no. after they get caught. So. No, that never not. happens. Never. Never. That's what uh, you guys just had that fucking four part series, charlatan. Yeah, he was he was uh he was a huckster and a charlatan. 
Yeah, that was a that was a great podcast. Go listen to that, by the way, if you haven't. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, Boom Boom so, Podcast. There you go. Yeah. So the skeptics have another claim for any bodies found just kind of lying around the Roswell area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really mention this that much, but some skeptics believe that any thought of like these bodies lying around weren't actually from the day of the Roswell incident, but they were being seen uh, much, much later on, like years down the road. And then because how shitty human beings memories are, they all just kind of get mixed together. So the skeptics claim that what the witnesses were remembering was dummies dropped by the Air Force uh, in an effort to test high altitude parachute drops on the human body. And that these um, dummies were made of basically like latex skin with aluminum bodies, aluminum bones, sorry. And then the Air Force would scurry out and recover these dummies once they had fallen to the earth. Okay, so if we believe that they did that, then why would... The bodies be like four foot tall or whatever, like tiny bodies. Cause they, like, allegedly the bodies are of like kids, kind of like, or they look like children or something like that. Like they're tiny. You know what I mean? Well, you got to imagine once these bodies were dropped, I mean, a lot of them had to be mangled. Mm. They weren't made out of the strongest stuff. Right. So, and like, they do have some video that I saw of these um, dummies being dropped. And they look like they hit the ground pretty fucking hard. So <laughs> I imagine from a high altitude, yeah, they they would hit the ground fairly hard. Well, no, they have parachutes on, but oh. you know they're still hitting the ground pretty hard. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah. So another fun uh, conspiracy that I thought I would kind of just throw in here. Um, there's a conspiracy that the Soviet Union supposedly dropped small genetically engineered bodies onto american soil to scare the citizen mm, yep this have is you a... ever heard of these <laughs> i have heard of them um i've heard of when i heard other people talking about them they always refer to them as like um they loaded up a ship or something with mentally challenged kids or something and flew them and crashed it or whatever um but they could just very well as uh, have been genetically modified people too Russia was doing some yeah. scary shit during this point, so who who knows? Yeah, I mean, that also could be just uh, like a, an add-on to the story to make them sound like they're evil people. Like, they weren't dropping, like, genetically engineered um, dead people onto the ground. That they were actually shoving out, like, mentally challenged people out of planes. Yeah. And that's, like, the meanest thing. That's, like, the most horrible thing you can think of what they're doing. Yeah. But you can imagine that they would claim the soviet union was doing that see the other thing i've heard is regardless of who is in the ship that like they had created this saucer like ship but they were testing it so and they didn't want to test it with whatever whoever so they loaded it up with these people and then just it was like here you go go fly it or whatever just launch it off to see what would happen um that's the other <laughs> thing i've heard which uh <laughs> It's still fucked up, but I, I don't know. I don't know if the Russia could even... I mean, it's hard to say if they could even have technology to try to make the disc. But they did get Russian scientists as well. Which, Nazi scientists. Right. Or, I'm sorry, yes. They had, their own, they had their own project paperclip going on. Right. And if we remember, um, the Nazis were fucking trying to make a UFO, kind of. So, you know, who knows? Oh, yeah. Daiglaka. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I'm, I'm, oh, I was just uh, almost done here. Just going to round this off. Um, I have another big time conspiracy, possibly one that people won't, um, won't really think of. But could it be, this was 1947. Now it was 14 years before Barack <laughs> Obama was born. <laughs> However, could the reptilian alien that replaced Barack Obama possibly have crash landed on Earth at this time? In 1947. Ooh, I'm okay. I'm giving a high percentage on this one because as we know, Brock's always up to some sneaky shit. Now I want to, I want to put a twist on here, Phil. Now uh, we, we remember that Barry Satiro is a time traveler. So what if he traveled back in time and okay. How about this? He traveled back in time. The alien ship was going to attack earth. Barry Satiro 
destroyed it and then it crashed and then he came back to the present time. Like maybe he was doing something good. Like he saved the that universe. Also could be possible. Yeah. It's not always negative with Barry. Maybe he did something really good and saved the planet from the aliens. That is true. Maybe he had some leave while he was on stationed on Mars. <laughs> and he decided to do something good for the world. That is possible. <laughs> you know what the other thing about Roswell, my my favorite like interwoven conspiracy is that this was just like a bunch of aliens out cruising around hopped up on something and then they just like crashed their dad's ship or something. Yeah, I do. Uh, I there was a. Do you remember that old show with um, Meatwad and Oh Aqua Team? Um, Shake Aqua Team Hunger Force had yeah. an episode like that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh they yeah, did. it was great. Where the guys kept saying, "My dad owns a dealership." <laughs> Dude, my dad owns a car dealership, so <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> Can I go? <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, man. So I'll, I'll round it out. Okay. Uh, whatever. Oh, whatever you believe, Roswell has like become a mecca for alien and UFO believers, and the town certainly has latched onto the story, and it generates a huge amount of tourist income from believers and skeptic alike. It also um, attracts quite a bit of strange-looking investigators to the city as well. Mm. So it brings their dollars into <laughs> you know. I think we might be included in those strange-looking visitors, Phil. No, if you've watched uh, <laughs> watched some of those stories on Roswell, when you see investigators out in the fields, like combing with their like metal detectors, they look pretty. Uh, they don't look very earthly either. So a lot <laughs> maybe of them, they're just a lot of them look pretty strange. What if it was like the aliens are visiting the crash site in remembrance? Maybe that was their friends. Like humans Could be. always visit memorials for tragic events. Maybe the aliens were doing that too. Like maybe this was young Ricky, the star of some space football team, had a few too many beers, crashed his UFO, and I, I don't know. You could go on forever yeah. with it. It could have <laughs> I don't know where the hell that came from, but, you know, could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, some of those investigators do look like the dude who wears the wizard hat at my job, so... You should ask him. That could be. You need to go up and ask him about some uh, conspiracies and see what he says. That's what you need to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I like I said. I worry about him like becoming like adopted into my life, and then like me having to like drag this fucking carcass around everywhere I go. This weird yeah. fucking dude. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. You're traveling down the street. What if he's just constantly got like a spell of protection on you? Or something like that. Like, you can't be harmed as long as he's with you. He's like your white mage or something from Final Fantasy. He's your party member who protects you. That could be useful. <laughs> I don't know. So right. I was going to... We'll jump out, of, jump out of that historic discussion. And uh, what do you think about these conspiracies? Like, you said you haven't heard some of them uh, before. Other ones, you've heard different versions of the same conspiracy there is i have to say there is a lot of different versions of the exact same conspiracies that go along with roswell it's got a lot of roots and a lot of leaves okay i'm gonna i i want us both to do this and i want to split it up in two different portions for the roswell thing the the ufo crash and then if they recovered the bodies um so i'm gonna start with the bodies if I feel I feel like Roswell is one of my favorite UFO happenings, crashes, whatever. Um, every time I hear, <laughs> I hear it in my head, or I hear it on somewhere, or watch a show or something. I constantly get reminded that this could have been just a simple misidentification of everything. Um, so <sighs> a big part of me wants to believe this could have been actual, actually an alien craft. And a lot of the other conspiracies that we've covered are wrapped into the entire Roswell uh, incident. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think deep down, I would probably have to give... I'm going to start off with Roswell even happening at all. Maybe, I don't know, 20%. I'm going to do 20% that it was a UFO that crashed there. But if I'm, I'm going to say from my rational mind of what it could be... It most likely would have been a, uh, I guess, spy balloon because even the crash shit looks more advanced than just a stupid weather balloon, right? As you mentioned. Yeah. So, but the other thing that I think is weird, like the thing with the picture where you think 
It looks like someone's telling him what to do while he's holding up the material. And number two, it, or I guess the two other things is the, the quote switch in the newspaper and the, um, I've heard the box thing. I don't know the exact details of that word. Like they switch route his box of materials that he was carrying. So I, I don't know. There's uh it's a lot of mystery around this that will probably never be answered, but. I think logically it's probably the spy balloon, but in my heart I hope it's fucking aliens. So that's what I'm saying. You you do hope it's kind of aliens and UFOs and all that, yeah. just because this is the granddaddy of them all. Like right. this is the this is a keystone alien conspiracy. It's holding all the other ones together. So Actually, um, I am I'm I'm a little bit different. I'm kind of harder on it. I'm gonna say <laughs> though, I'll give it five percent. Okay. That it wasn't uh, Project Mogul. So I'm going to give it 5% that it was aliens, just because I do have a soft spot for this conspiracy. <laughs> so 5%. I'll give it 5 Um, The, like, that they were saying that there were aliens taken out of it, I'm going to say 1%. Mm. Um, I, I really think that the alien thing came around later on. Um, and there's no real evidence that there was any stories of alien bodies, like, during the original time frame like you it's hard to find anyone with like real stories about that right. happening at the time um and then what was the third one um oh the cover-up yeah well definitely there's a cover-up project mogul so yeah 100 percent cover-up like i guess we never went into it okay so let's say project mogul could they have been really worried about the public knowing about project mogul that they would have covered it up and then under the pretenses that hey, they all think it's aliens, so we can just kind of cover up Project Mobile within the alien cover-up. They were more worried about the Soviet Union finding out about oh. us spying on them. Right. Because we weren't we weren't technically in the Cold War yet. We were still quasi-allies with them. Like, we were unfast. Like, we were losing our friendship fairly quickly in 47. You got to remember, it was just two years after we co-won the biggest war in history so mm. okay that's a see see now that now that little added effect to it kind of makes sense why they would even be covering up anything in the first place if they're really afraid of russia finding that out okay i like that see that yeah. makes more sense they definitely also didn't want um russia figuring out this technology because they didn't want them uh like being able to triangulate us so yeah um, you gotta think too satellites did not exist this time right. so we can't think of it um there was a the fog of war was still a huge deal back then mm, much bigger than it is now that's a good point hmm. yeah i i know i like i said um phil you did a wonderful job obviously but every time i hear roswell in my head, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is aliens. This is like the most definitive thing. And then once you start hearing the story, you're like, god damn it. It's just, it's probably nothing. It's probably just a fucking stupid balloon of some kind. Honestly, I really worry that it's just tourism for the city. Like, the story blew up for the tourism. But that's my worst fear. Because they sell it so hard. If Roswell, the, the town, like, wanted to detract from it and not sell it to you so hard. But I mean, god fucking damn it the mcdonald's looks like a fucking flying saucer like it doesn't get much bigger than that you yeah, know that's america though they gotta I try know. to capitalize on everything dude we we gotta go there someday oh absolutely but. we need to go um one last thing phil i want to say before we start wrapping this up is uh so i actually think i would put rendlesham forest as the mecca of alien encounters you know what i mean really yeah, like obviously Roswell is more popular, but as far as a story that has no answer to it, like obviously we, oh. you can kind of like weave in and out of, okay, this could have been this spy balloon or whatever for Roswell, but Rendlesham is like still a fucking mystery. Like there's, it's so weird. Like there's so much weird shit revolving around it. Um, yeah, I would say Rendlesham is the more, like really obscure kind of like it hasn't been looked into as much it is a little bit more like as a researcher i would want to research that one just because there's like like actual doing actual like on the ground research would be great the thing about like saying it's the mecca is 
no one goes and visits Rendlesham Forest, but people actually go visit Roswell. That's why, like, in the Muslim religion, what Mecca is, is where everyone goes to pilgrimage. Mm. That's why it's a Mecca. Gotcha. Like, because you visit there. Yeah. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. From. Well, maybe England just doesn't capitalize on everything possible that they can. <laughs> yeah, they need to learn how to make that money. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a fucking roller coaster in Rendlesham Forest, for God's sakes, England, come on, get to it. But anyway, Phil, um, if anybody wants to let us know their feelings on Roswell, their theories, whatever, where can they do that at? Uh, we got a Gmail uh, set up for you guys. It's subliminald podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead, send us an email. Um, we love to hear from everybody. The best way to hear from us, though, is on our Instagram. That is at subliminal deception podcast, which is on IG. Um, we also have our own personal ones. Mine's SD Pod Phil. I almost never look at it. Uh, I do post pictures of my food, though. Uh, Cody, you've got a few. Yeah, um, you can reach me on my personal Instagram, which is Cody Zabub. You can find my other podcast, Bumblebutt Podcast, on Instagram. Um, go ahead, give them a follow or whatever if you'd like. Um, hit me up or hit Phil up. Uh, the last thing we need you to do is to log on to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Just hit the fucking stars. Type a little note in there if you can. Takes just a few minutes. I know it's annoying and um, we don't want Apple to win either, but that's how this thing goes. So if you could do that for us, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. It's, it helps us rise in the charts and all that jazz. Um, but anyway, well, Phil, uh, I think that'll do it for this week, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks, guys.